0: in this fight all right text the word bobby it's only six numbers to 785-833 again text the word bobby to just these six numbers 785-833 willie nelson waylon jennings chris christopherson you know before they were legends of outlaw country they were lost souls looking for their sound don't miss mandy moore and the new scripted audible original the boar's nest sue brewer and the birth of outlaw country music Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boars Nest. Listen now at audible.com/slash the Boars Nest. <sighs> Welcome to episode 258. Every Friday, we're trying to get this out so you guys can know what new music is out, and we'll start with that. But we'll also talk to Tucker Bethard, who's got a new record out today, which we'll mention. Uh, Tenille Towns, we'll talk to her because she won the Best New Female Artist, which is pretty awesome. I'm just a massive fan of her. She used to open for me on tour, and the the crazy thing with her was she's so good. And I'm going to say, but... She's so good that at times it would kind of hurt my vibe, meaning she's a very emotional singer, and she would sing the saddest songs. And that's why I brought her on tour because I liked her music so much and I love the sad songs. And she would sing the saddest songs, but then she would sing them before I was supposed to go out and make everybody the opposite of sad. (laughs) And so it would take me a few minutes to just kind of lift them back up to even so I could start to make them laugh with jokes. Played that song jersey on the wall about people that about that kid dying yeah. and retiring his jersey. I love that song. But she She played this right before I come on. I was like, "Tino, can't you put this earlier in the set? Put this song too." Like give us some you know, super califragilistic at the end. Let's get him up. But she's so good. I'm so happy for her. She just uh, just a real treat. So we'll talk to her coming up in a little bit too. Uh, we'll also do our movie review of Pop Star. Never stop popping. Never stop stopping. Stoppin'. What? It, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Andy Sandberg. Uh, we do a music movie. We try to do one a month. And then finally, if you love podcasts, I always like to bring on, if I can, a podcast that I love. And Lillian Cunningham from Presidential is going to be talking with us. And we talk about some presidential stuff and cool facts about presidents. And maybe it'll get you interested to go check out that podcast. So um, I feel like we have a pretty good show. Again, this is kind of a new format for us because you know back pre COVID, I just have someone come sit in here and we talk for an hour, uh, and then occasionally we'd put up something with new music. But you know we've shifted a bit. But I think what's going to be cool is whenever we get out of this, whenever it is, that it'll be a kind of a mixture. I think we do a half hour with somebody long form, and then we also every Friday put up the new music inside of it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we got a couple, two or three new shows about to come on for sure. Mm-hmm. Do we, we don't announce them yet? Not yet. Okay. Are they signed yet? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we actually, they're on. They're on. Okay. It just matter when they come out. Mm, interesting. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Let's, uh, let's get into the new music top five of this week. Here are some songs that I think you'll like, and here are some albums I think you'll like. At number five this week, and we'll talk to him later, Tucker Bethard released his album, King. Now, he talks about this. His brother was killed last December, Real tragic story, and he, the, King is his brother's middle name. So I made this record kind of an honor of him. And here's a song that we'll talk about later on called "I Ain't Without You."
1: At number four this week on
0: the new music. Is Lauren Elena. She released a duet with John Party. Now it's the title track. The, the upcoming EP that'll be out soon is called Getting Over Him, but it's also the name of this song. So here's Lauren Elena and John Party. You know, being able to sing with John Party, and I've been able to do that a couple times, uh, he came out and guested with us at the Ryman as the Raging Idiots were playing. And also he opened for us once in Austin uh, before he really blew up. He was kind of mid blow up, but just, I'm a big fan of him as an artist. He's a friend of mine too, but I tell you, he sings so violently. I've mentioned this before. It's 100% exertion when he sings. I mean, it is just loud and, and right on. It's like he was singing in honky tonks so people could hear him without a microphone and now there's just a microphone in front of him. If you play that clip again, Listen, and again, you're hearing a, a, a studio recording, but what well, reminded me, of, I can hear him doing that in this song. Like, l- listen to the force behind his vocals when he sings. We were it's a no
1: night.
0: I mean, that's not just him singing. That I mean, he, he goes hard, <laughs> and I had no idea. He's one of, him and Luke Combs are the most violent singers I've been around. Luke Combs will startle you when he starts singing. First time he came in, right when he moved to Nashville, he was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna do this song. All right, uh, uh, here we go. (laughs) And I remember Amy going, oh my God. But uh, that's Lauren Alana's new song at number four, Getting Over Him. Josh Turner released Country State of Mind. I love a good covers album. I love it. And this is what this is. It's a covers album with guest appearances from a lot of the people that either were involved in the original song or new artists. Uh, Chris Christopherson, Runaway June, Chris Jansen, John Anderson, Maddie and Tay, and Randy Travis on a duet of Forever and Ever, Amen. Here's a cover of Josh Turner, Forever and Ever, Amen. Uh And number two, Tim McGraw released his whole album here on earth. It's his 16th album. First album in five years. I haven't heard it yet. You know, as I do this here on Friday morning, I haven't spent any time with it whatsoever. Um, I know that they are claiming this is about the best thing Tim's put out in 20 years. I don't know if that can be true, because he's put out some really amazing stuff. But just to hear the hype on this record, it is pretty rare the amount of people that I trust saying how good it is now is this song called shirley crow or sheryl crow? Cheryl crow okay this i don't correct <laughs> yeah but the, he so he has a song called sheryl crow yeah what a cool thing if you're sheryl crow unless it's like sheryl crow <laughs> sucks <laughs> i haven't heard this yet here is uh, tim McGraw. um excited about this i put it at number two based on how much i love tim and how uh, much that he's just been right over the years here you go here's sheryl crow <laughs> Always a, a tough thing to take a person and put them somewhere that stays forever like a song. Because what if Sheryl Crow goes to jail for something real bad? It's like naming <laughs> a school after somebody. You know, with me in my hometown, they have a sign that says, boyhood home of Bobby Bones. If I do some stupid thing, rip that thing out easily. <laughs> no problem. Don't have to go have some proclamation to change it. If Sheryl Crow ends up, and I don't want to, if, <laughs> like, ends up on Epstein's jet in one of logs, <laughs> which is, didn't happen, but I'm saying, you know, there are celebrities now that, um, they're claiming we're on Epstein's jet. Like, what do you do? You have to pull the whole song down. But uh, that's pretty cool. Good for Cheryl Crow and Tim McGraw. Did you Have you seen the TikTok of people they are claiming we're on Epstein's jet? I've seen, yeah. They're just not right. Yeah. I think they just make crap up. And then it turns into a whole rumor and the person has to go on and deny it. And then if you're denying it, you look yeah. guilty. And then you don't want to not say anything because you feel like if you don't say anything, you look guilty. That sucks. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, number one this week, Brothers Osborne. They dropped the title track off their new album. It's one song. You know I love these guys. Here is Skeletons.
2: So high. Keep your soul I don't know.
0: You know, I was talking about workout music earlier this week and I had listened to some of the songs. It's tough to run to country music, <laughs> except Brothers Osborne. But half their records are just, I mean, it's just country rock. I, I love those guys. Good dudes and also just love everything they do musically because they, they're their own sound. You know, when they first came out, people were like, what the heck is this? But now people emulate this. Funny how that works. Uh, more new songs out today. I'll just run through some of these too. You can check it out. Eli Young Band have a... New version of their song, Saltwater Gospel with Jimmy Buffett. Didn't realize it was a new version. Mm -hmm. I was on the radio this morning going, here's a new song. I didn't realize that that was a new, there was already a song in there that added Jimmy Buffett. I'm an idiot there. Uh, Craig Campbell has a new song called Talk Country to Me. Hardy has a new song out called Boyfriend. And Easton Corbin, wow, I haven't heard about Easton in a while, Uh, has a new song out called Don't Miss a Beat. All right, I just got my verification code for my corona test for today. Okay thing is I'm nervous I'm always nervous pushing submit the thing is I have to get tested twice a week for my new show that we're shooting right now on National Geographic channel and you spit in the tube and you send it off they send you a code submit here we go dude if it's positive
1: <laughs> well now the internet's
0: not taking so you can just spit you spit you fill a tube it's like and you have no spit left and they're like give me some more give me some more and then you Seal it, mail it off, and the next day it gets loaded into a system. But I hit it, not loading yet. Maybe they send everybody, this text at the same time, that's getting results, and the site's it? crashing. Or maybe I'm so positive it won't load. <laughs> if it pops up, I'll let you guys know. Uh, albums, or EPs, like collections of music this week. Taylor Swift released Folklore, the escapism chapter. What? So it's basically she took, like, Six songs from the album and turned them into like an EP to make them sound like she said the way they intended them to be, like little chapters. Not new music though. No. She just took I listened to existed. it to see if it was any different and it's the same. That's why I was confused. So basically, she just put a, a marker in between songs. Basically. She said, and I, this, this collection means this. Yeah, one song was new and then the rest was just from Oh, the album. there was a new song? Yeah. Oh, it was that's like cool. like a bonus track. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, blush. The debut album from Maya Hawke. She's the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. You'd know her from Stranger Things. Uh, I don't. I guess I didn't know her from that. You? She was in the last season. Okay, I didn't see. I didn't realize season. that was her daughter, though. Really? Yeah. Do you know who she is now that now? Yeah, now I do. This is her. Is this her? Yeah. Would I like her vibe or now? It's pretty mellow. Yeah. You know, I like sad and mellow. Very mellow. Bright Eyes has a new album called Down in the Weed. A lot of like Bright Eyes. It's first album since 2011. Yeah, been a minute. The Killers are still around. They have an album called Imploring the Mirage. It's their sixth album, and their first without lead guitarist who left the band in 2017. Hmm. The Neon by Eraser, Everything Means Nothing by Black Bear, In a Dream, an EP from Troy Sivian. Sivan. Sivan, Sivan? I don't Sivan. know. Why do I know that Name, how do I the look of it like familiar? Uh, he's pretty popular in pop, is he? Yeah, do do I know any of his songs? Uh, maybe My My My. So far, I'm not recognizing it. They play it on Kiss FM, yeah. Keep it up. What's the hook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, songs from the general public from Lemon Twigs. Oh, let's see. Da, da, da. I think that's it. Restoration from Lecrae. The Christian hip-hop artist is out mm-hmm. too. All right, music news. Before we get over and talk to Tennille Towns. Uh, BTS, the K-pop band, appears to have break the YouTube record of 10 million views in 20 minutes. Holy crap, people are just yeah. sitting there waiting. You can't even play it that many times over and over <laughs> again in 20 minutes. Meaning, that had to be... Millions of people waiting to watch it first and second time over and over. It's insane. Wow. Taylor Swift signed a bunch of folklore CDs and sent them out to indie music stores. So if you want to check your local shop, she also donated 30000 bucks to help woman go to college. So good on Taylor Swift. Dave Grohl has a cameo as himself in Bill and Ted Face the Music, which comes out next week. Yep. Can't wait. It's going to be good. My favorite movie as a kid was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It also taught me a lot about history. It made me want to go and figure out what happened with Socrates. What happened with Billy the Kid? Like the real stories of all the people they went back in time to, to find and bring to their presentation at San Dimas High. And I wonder if that movie holds up at all. I was going to rewatch both of them, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think they're on Amazon. They, uh, yeah, so uh, he has a, a cameo in Bill and Ted Face the Music, which was going to be a, a major theatrical release, but now they're just doing it at VOD. Mm-hmm. On demand. I love it. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne is not a, face of, not a fan of face tattoos. Uh, Sorry, Post Malone. You know, they work together, but he didn't enjoy his face tattoos. He goes, <laughs> I'd never do it. Anything above the collar should be stopped. To be honest, it makes you look dirty. I feel you is this their song together? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Paul McCartney still uses an amp he bought when he was 14 years old, which is pretty cool. And I saw Parker McCollum on social media say that he tested positive for coronavirus. He was ready to do some shows in Texas and Kansas. And was like, I can't smell or taste anything. Tested, positive, and now he's got 14 days quarantine. Dang. All right. I feel pretty good about that. Hope you guys feel caught up. That's the deal. We good? We good. All right, friends. Uh, That's the new music. Go check something out. Let me know if you like it. Follow us on Instagram at? TheBobbyCast. TheBobbyCast. Yep. Thank you very much. Bye, guys.
2: Hey there. Hey, Tanil. How's it going, Bobby?
0: You know, pretty good. But I'm—I—I I have a feeling that's a little better for you today. <laughs> I was so excited. I, I was so excited to see that you won uh, be, that Best New Artist. Nobody deserves it more than you. And we were kind of talking about it, and I just wanted to get you on and ask you a few questions and tell you how proud I was of you.
2: Oh, that's so nice. Thank you for reaching out. It's always awesome to talk to you and. Uh, yeah, I'm just still floating. I don't even, I don't even know. It's so crazy.
0: So you obviously think that you something's about to happen to you. Meaning, you get up and you, you know <laughs> everybody's doing Zoom interviews constantly. And who do you think you're about to talk to?
2: Um, I thought it was a radio interview of via Zoom, and we've been doing so many of them in this time. I really wasn't thinking twice about it. And so I just was sitting there ready to do the next interview. And then the screen, I thought it was weird because the screen was dark. Like it hadn't, I was like, hello, like who's on the other end? And then Keith Urban's face popped up and I lost
0: my mind. So did you lose your mind because you saw Keith Urban or because you knew what it meant since Keith Urban was on?
2: No, it took me a second to catch up in my brain as to what this could mean. (laughs) I definitely was losing my mind because it was Keith Urban and also just because it it just, it's kind of scared me. I kind of have a bit of a tendency to scare easy. And he said, boom, in his Australian accent, which kind of sounded a lot like boo. And it just like, it terrified me and it was Keith Urban all <laughs> at the same time.
0: <laughs> so no one tipped you off, even that the announcement was coming that day, honestly?
2: Honestly, nobody tipped me off that it was coming that day. Nope. Wow. My manager kept it a secret a whole week. I don't know how. I. It was crazy. that I'm so glad it worked out to be a surprise because it's so much more fun that way. But I knew that they were—I thought, in my mind, it was August 20th. That was the date that I had in my mind that they were announcing. So I definitely was not expecting that.
0: The ACMs were delayed from April to September because of corona. And the voting had already closed, but— you had to wait an extra five months to find out how yeah. things turned out. So you're just sitting for five months, going, "Wait, we're we're delayed here. For can you, yeah, months. can you at least let us know?" <laughs> yes,
2: it was a long time. It was like, okay, so the show. We were so I'm so glad that the show's still happening. And then it when they announced that it got moved to September, I was like, "That's awesome!" But what does that mean? <laughs> because that's a long time from now. Uh, and you
0: won in a really great group. I mean, Ingrid, Gabby Barrett. Yeah, it's just a, a great group of people. It's crazy.
2: That, yeah, and I love that everybody put has put out records and like that. There's all of these songs that from amazing female artists that are being heard. It's awesome.
0: Well, well, well. I'm just telling you, it's uh, a real treat for me. I, I wonder, are you going to perform at the ACMs now? Since you're the best new female artist. I am, which I wow, also really,
2: I hadn't put that together either. And Keith said that on the Zoom call, and I was like, "Oh, right, <laughs> that's really cool."
0: <laughs> so, what are you gonna play?
2: I think I'm gonna do somebody's daughter. I I've I'm I'm pretty stoked. We get to do this part from the Ryman, so. Um, I'm, I'm like pretty I love that place so much I'm excited to sing a bit of that song in there
0: yeah I was gonna ask you because they're doing it from three locations the Bluebird the Opry House and the Ryman you know and all three are great but yes. which one you're saying you're playing at the Ryman
2: I'm doing the Ryman spot yes and any of those I'm like <laughs> these are all my favorite places in Nashville but, um, but yeah the Ryman feels pretty special to me so I'm excited for that
0: I don't know if this is accurate or not but I obviously I follow you on social media but are you nominated for the CCMA Entertainer of the Year? I am, yeah. <laughs> that's freaking awesome.
2: It's crazy. It's great. It's very, very cool. Oh, like when home recognizes September you? Too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, and obviously, you. Let, and I'll compare it to, it's not the same, but me from Arkansas. When my home state does something right. for me, even though it's not America, even though it's not the biggest thing, it means as much, if not more, because... Those are, are my roots. And with you coming from Canada, obviously you love them so much, but you came down to the States to pursue a country music career in Nashville. But when they recognize you and go, hey, Entertainer of the Year, you're up for that. That's got to be awesome, right?
2: You're so right. There is something different when it comes from home. Um, it is really awesome. And it's kind of like, I'm just grateful that they're still excited and up for the adventure too, because it's it, I did come here to Nashville, and um, it just means a lot that the place where I started off is like still cheering and, and in for the ride. It's pretty awesome.
0: What tours did you not get to go on because of Corona?
2: So opening for Alan Jackson, we only did, I think we did maybe six of those shows. So that one was cut short, and then the Sugarland Tour this summer, too.
0: Dang. Well, yeah. However, <laughs> however, you now get to play at the ACMs. And yes, you won best very cool. new female artist. I'm so <laughs> pumped for you. And, you know, I didn't have a big elaborate interview planned. I just wanted to talk to you and um, kind of highlight it and let everybody know how, Thanks, how cool I think you are. And I'm um, just, just so proud for you. And hopefully I'll see you around soon, okay?
2: I know. I look forward to that. Thanks for, for chatting today and sending a hug your way. I hope you're doing good.
0: All right, Tanil. Talk to you later.
2: Thanks, Bobby. Bye.
0: This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. Talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. All right, Tucker Beathard is on right now. Tucker, what's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Hey, good to talk to you, man. It's been a little bit since we've been able to hang out or talk. Yeah, no kidding. You doing good? Yeah, man, I'm all right. I'm all right. I was I was pumped that your music's coming out today, because this is going to air on Friday. So um, I was pumped that your music's out today. Always been a big fan of yours. I think you know that. So I think uh, I want yeah. to spend a few minutes with you and just kind of talk about the new project, if you're cool with that. Yeah, man, of course. Hey, where are you right now, by the way? Uh, I'm in a food line parking lot. <laughs> Were you grocery shopping before or going after?
4: Well, I was going to go, and I'm like, well, see, you know, I might as well wait in this parking lot before I go because I, uh, I got a little late start. So I'm just kind of waiting it out in the food line parking lot.
0: What are you going to go? Like, what's on the list for you to go grocery shop today? <laughs> I, I was thinking toaster strudels, but I don't <laughs> really know. <laughs> So you're a guy that goes in and just kind of grabs what grabs you more than having a list. Dude, the, the worst
4: idea anyone can do is go grocery shopping when they're hungry, you know? It's like everything looks good. I There's really no tell what I'm going to come out with. All
0: right, all right. Uh, okay, so Tucker Bethard's on right now. Um, man, let's, let's check out some of these tracks here. So uh, the record's called King um, – Let's do Better Than Me. I'm going to play a clip of this. This is track one on King. Here you go. If
1: you could sing along they playing our song no tears in your eyes No breaking down crying.
0: Tell me about this one. Why'd you pick it to start off the whole the whole project here, Tucker? I, mean, I just thought it, it's the most
4: kind of just it's a perfect one to, to just really get your attention with. I mean, the drums... Uh, Big and heavy and the, everything about the song is just like, uh, you know, rock and, and uh, you know, having a catchy, aggressive um, song with that guitar riff and stuff just kind of, in my opinion, is a good way to kind of just captivate you and get, get your attention.
0: I was rolling through some of the tracks here just looking at the uh, the, the the songwriting credits and you have written every song, which I think is important to you. You co-wrote all the songs. You recorded all the vocals, mm-hmm. drums and guitars yourself. That, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of work. So why in the world would you feel like you needed to do all that?
4: <laughs> I mean, I think I'm just a really like particular artist. Like I mean I kinda hear the stuff in, in my head and, and you know, the the players in Nashville are, you know, hands down some of the best in the world, but but there are certain like unique um, things that that you can only get with with me playing, not you know, and and each one of these songs, you just it it's just as me as, as I can make them, and and um, there's certain unique just ways of playing certain riffs or, or drums that you know you can't get with. Sometimes you gotta have like make it sound not as perfect as you know the cliche they would say is perfect. Um, just for the character aspect and i don't know i'd have fun building the songs and and producing putting the pieces together by myself really
0: i'll play some of a track that i really liked that stood out to me was uh, track five on the project called paper town here's a clip of that
1: and wake up these horses and
0: So tell me about this. You walked into the writing room. You, Phil O'Donnell, Monty Criswell are sitting around. How in the world does Paper Town come up as a concept? And tell me about that.
4: Man, Monty Criswell. Um, I mean Phil too, but Monty Criswell is one of those guys that that he just he just has like titles and idea like just titles that that are so unique and, and just so good. And then so he he'll just and I'm usually the one who who will always have, like, uh, music for, for for and, um, and he just said that title, and I'm like, man, that's kind of a cool, that's a cool idea, and, and I had that roof and that feel, that kind of shuffle feel, and we just really wanted to ride it around the concept of just two kids wanting to, you know, kind of just ditch the town and, and have something to prove, almost, and it just had, kind of have that young love attitude, and, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun one. It's, that's that's one of my favorite ones, too, because oh, yeah. it's the only one on the album that has that shuffle-like feel, which which kind of is a good addition to, to the whole project.
0: I want to walk through a couple more tracks real quick, and I'll do I Ain't Without You. Um, you wrote this with one other person. You can uh, tell me about who you wrote it with and tell me what the song's about. Yeah, man. Yeah, go ahead. We got you.
4: Oh, sorry. Sorry. I- yeah, no, that, that's the, uh, that's the one that really, um, that's right there is the one that really finally made me feel like the whole project came full circle and was, and was complete. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's written after, um, from the experience of, uh, my little brother passing away and, and just the idea of, of the strength that I found in my face in the Lord, and I mean, the only one that, um could really, I could really take that idea too and write that with, and I wanted to write it with, was, was my dad because we were both going through the same thing. And, and, um, that's the, that's really the song that, that to me put a, put the cap on the album and it finally felt like it was ready.
0: One more track. This is called Faithful. This is track 11. Love this one too. Check this one out. All right, this is the last track. I'm gonna have you comment on Tucker. Tell me about Faithful
4: here. Yeah, it's, uh, it, that's that's uh, kind of the song that set the tone for for, for a lot of my career. I mean, a, aside from from Rock On, obviously, but but that song was one in like 2015 that put out on YouTube, uh, acoustic, like just solo um, live performance, uh, and and it kind of just took off and and um, um, everyone who's been following me is familiar with it and, and been waiting for it. And, and it's kind of a cool... It's cool because this project is, is such a special project for me. And it's like a timeline and a journey. It really reflects on the journey that I've had so far as an artist. And that song it's kind of where a lot of it started. And um, so it's cool to have songs like I Hate With That You and Faithful um, on the same project because they're both just marked... Very significant times in my life and career, and it's cool to finally have uh, have be able to put out this album because this is my first album released with the record label, which is
0: which is crazy, but it's but it's a special one percent. Sure. All right, thirteen tracks. It's called King. You know, I know in December the whole town was hurting for you, man. Um, you know when your brother passed away, and you actually named the record after your brother. It's his middle. It was his middle name, right? Yeah. And that decision, who, yeah. Who, who, who did you kind of walk through that decision with? Your dad, your brothers? No, man. It,
4: it was really just kind of, kind of my own thing. I mean, because the whole project just started feeling. Because a lot of this project was recorded at the same time. I independently released that my previous records and nobody's everything. I still had this whole half, and it was going to be like a part two thing. But then I just started writing new songs and, and experiencing new things and. And it just kind of grew, started feeling like it just grew into its own project and, it, and it its own separate thing. And specifically when that happened, um, it was like, yeah, man, this is a totally different chapter for me. And um, and my brother played such a big role in influencing in, in me as, as a person and, and as an artist um, with his time on earth and, and his continuing his legacy continuing to do that to me while he's in heaven and, and um you know I just wanted a piece of him forefront on this project because it's special to me and, and I know he's he's a, if anyone would is happy for me more than ever he's, he's the one I mean, he's, he's always been my biggest supporter so
0: I've got three questions I'm gonna let you go they're all pretty short questions number one is I was looking at uh, as I was finding some of these tracks to be able to listen to fully, not just, you know, to hear the, the samples that, that the label sends me. And I w- was looking for Rock On, the song from back in the day. It's not on, I couldn't find it on a streaming service. You pulled
4: it? Dude, I didn't do that. Man, that, that's a that's a promise of a um, of previous record label when I think they kind of got offended when when I decided I wanted to just set, split ways with them and and um, so they kind of took down the five songs that uh, I released with them, which, you know, to be honest, I was pretty, I was pretty happy about it. Not gonna lie, just because, <laughs> like, man, if, if I now I finally, finally got the freedom that I want as an artist, like this is how I want to start now. So it's like a whole clean slate. So all right, yeah, you know, it all is right. what it is.
0: Uh, the second thing I was online and. Just as a personal story, I tried to, you know, we have the B team now, which is a bunch of our listeners that come together to do good things for others. Um, and for, before it was the B team, I tried the boners and they didn't like that. Um, but, <laughs> but you have the mother tuckers now. Was there, what did your folks say about when you said, Hey, we're gonna do the mother tuckers?
4: <laughs> I mean, I think I was surprised, surprised, and I think everybody was kind of on board with it. I mean, I remember, uh, me, me and my brothers growing up, we, we had a own little band and we were always thinking of names and I always wanted to name the band, Mother, Mother Tucker, and and they obviously were like, oh, it's, it's, that's too much of just you, you know? And, <laughs> uh, but now that I've got my own fan club, it's like, of course I'm finally going to utilize that name.
0: <laughs> Alright, final question. Uh, what flavor of Toaster Strudel will you be pursuing?
4: Man, you know, whatever catches my own, but I usually gravitate towards uh,
0: strawberries or blueberry. Yeah, the berries. I, I, I'm yeah. a big red guy. Cherry, strawberry. If it's red, it all tastes the same to me anyway, so red makes me feel better. Okay. <laughs> all right, there he is, Tucker Bethard. Yeah. I love the guy. I love, love his music. Um, at Tucker Bethard uh, on Instagram, it's 13 tracks. It's called King. Uh, go check it out. Go go sample it. Find a few tracks. We went through some of them here today, but uh, there, there, there's a lot. The guy definitely has a voice. He he says something specific. You may love it, you may hate it, but you're you're going to understand what he's saying. Um, and and I can always appreciate that from an artist, Tucker. So it's good to talk to you. And hopefully I'll see uh, see you around pretty soon.
4: Yeah, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. All right, see you, Tucker. All right, see.
0: Ya. So we all had the homework assignment to watch that movie, Pop Star, with Andy Samberg. Uh, as about once a month, we'll watch a music movie and review it. What was the last one we did?
1: Oh, uh, Walk De- Hard. Yeah, Walk yeah, Dewey hard. Cox.
0: Walk Hard. Uh, this one, uh, pop star is r- just in, in, when I watched it, I just thought it was the kind of a mockumentary on two things. One, the Justin Bieber documentary because I think that happened around that time. and then two just boy bands and pop music in general. I think it was a mix of those two. Mike, how'd you feel about about that description? Pretty good, yeah. Um, first of all, before we get into anything about it, did you like pop star, Mike? I liked it. I thought it was funny. I like the parody genre, and I just like Andy Samberg a lot. The parody genre meaning the movie. Yeah, uh, the parody movies. Okay. I mean, the songs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Eddie,
1: what'd you think? <laughs> Look, man, it was stupid. Like, it was <laughs> truly a stupid, dumb movie, but I laughed probably the entire time. The songs were great. I think just the funny storyline was, I, dude, I laughed. I LOL'd, and then after I would laugh, I would say, this is so dumb. I mean, I thought it was a pretty smart movie yeah. on how
0: it parodied a lot of the dumb things in pop music that we mm-hmm. just take and go, yep, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, I loved it. I was one of the best mockumentaries I've ever seen. I, I mean, also because wow. I grew up in that era of boy bands, and they were making fun of that. I mean, I, I, it, I thought it was so good, not just because it was stupid. I thought it was just a really good um, sample of... How dumb we were in that whole late 90s, early 2000s period. Um, So I really loved it. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did, but about a third of the way through it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a contender for one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. So, as far as like uh, funny mockumentary movies go. And then I like just all the other things they, the other things they parried outside from like the boy band stuff of like the Tyler the Creator thing of Hunter the Hungry. Oh, yeah. That being like, the biggest thing, and like, okay, we'll bring him on this tour. Like, I don't know, I like that aspect oh. of it, too. And even, like, the... And Hunter the Hungry was playing clubs. Like, they go and yeah. he's like this... Ang- he's like Tyler, the creator, but yeah. he's doing... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they're, they like, VFFs on stage. And then even the, uh, you know, the helmet with the dead mouse. But, de- you know, yeah. but his buddy, who used to be in the band, now is just his DJ, and he puts a helmet on him. With the, yeah. the beam of light. To so, cover him up. <laughs> yeah. There were just there were a lot of those that I think you probably got a lot of them while watching. But if you watch it again, I bet you would catch even more of them. And then the with him putting his music inside the appliances, that was like the U2 yeah. thing where they put everybody's uh, their album on iTunes. They open the fridge that's music, <laughs> song. and at midnight, whenever it comes out, people are chunking their fridges out the door because they're so upset by the fact that his music's in their fridge. Um, I thought the songs were so funny. I don't have a list of the songs. So good. Okay. But the one that pulls up is the, in my mind is the Bin Laden one. Okay. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. on. They
1: effed us like bin La- America <laughs> yeah. did Bin Laden. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's on stage, and he's doing his little sync thing, whatever. And then uh, he, this girl, first she's dressed sexy. Then all of a sudden she's got a Bin Laden beard. Then the next she's got a bin <laughs> the full thing. Here's some of that. Oh, I don't have that one. Oh, you don't have that one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that one was funny. Is that because it was too bad? Yeah. <laughs> They're okay, all this. pretty bad, but I mean. I'm So, <laughs> so,
1: I'm so, humble,
0: so humble It's funny.
1: Yeah.
0: And the song they do with Michael Bolton. TV is free. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the end song, right? Yeah, the last yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um,
0: again, <laughs> and when you start talking about a funny movie, you appreciate it even more because you laugh again at the parts. Um That maybe you didn't spend enough time with. I think, to me, a really funny part was they're having this real awkward conversation about how terrible his record's doing, Mm -hmm. and his manager, who is... uh, Tim Meadows, again, who was the other movie we reviewed. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. (laughs) And so Tim Meadows is in it, and he's like, hey, man, it's not going to be good. So Andy Samberg looks over the camera and goes... Hey, can you, you guys just stop with the cameras? And so they put the cameras down. And then all of a sudden they're getting attacked by a bee, and there's a blow to and all this stuff, but the cameras aren't up, and you're just hearing them scream the whole time. And and all this stuff. He's like, Oh my god, the bee's wearing a b-. And so and then it, it finishes and he kills whatever's crazy. And then he goes, Hey, you guys got that on a camera, right? And they're like, No, dude, you turn this, turn it off. And he's like, Come
1: on! That's so funny. There's like explosions, like yeah. World War Three. Eddie, what was, what was a part of it that you loved? I mean, the part I really laughed was the wa- the wardrobe malfunction. I mean, <laughs> the whole tuck thing situation. <laughs> and then, <Yeah>. and then <laughs> it messes up, and he's got nothing there. <laughs> and he's like, I promise, I tucked it.
0: <laughs> and then he goes over to Hunter the Hungry or yeah. Henry the Hungry, and he's like, hey, did you do it? Because they were playing jokes. And he goes, did you do it? He goes, nah, or did I?
1: But maybe I did.
0: <laughs> nah, 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 I didn't. But maybe I did. did I? <laughs> and it just doesn't stop. It was kind of that Family Guy humor where it's funny, but and then it starts to get old. But if you just keep beating it, it gets yeah. funnier again. <laughs> Listen, I loved it. I love music documentaries. I love really funny uh, parodies on on documentaries. I, I just, for me, I loved it. I would uh, give it. I'm gonna say it five out of five.
1: Oh wow, wow. I was gonna go. I went
0: four and a half on the show, but I was thinking about it last night. I felt like I was just doing that because I don't want to get judged. But uh, five out of five. Uh, Popsicles, since it's a pop star. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I don't know, think that it's for everybody. And I think you can watch it and be like, well, this is so dumb. And it is dumb, but I think it's done in a way that yeah. it's doing dumb things because we believe they were real and smart. And that it's just making us like, hey, if you love this back in the day, you're dumb, like we're doing right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it, he leaves a boy band. It, the, the story is, I can set it up real quick. Andy Sandberg's in a trio, like a boy band trio. Mm-hmm. And he's got to go solo. This was their big song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> donkey roll.
0: It's funny too when Usher's like, my only goal was to, to the, be able <laughs> to do the donkey roll <laughs> with the, uh, the, what was the name? The, the uh, Style Boys. The Style Boys. And then they're all doing the donkey roll on the stage. Um, and then he leaves and does a solo record. And it's how successful is the solo record going to be? And he's doing a documentary about how big and massive it's going to be, except things go wildly wrong. And um, I give it five out of five. Mike? I gave it four out of five. I kind of ranked it as far as my favorite Andy Samberg movies, so I'd put it right up there. What What um, is better? Uh, Hot Rod. Never seen it. That's a good one. And then I just watched his movie Palm Springs on Hulu. That
1: one's really good. Eddie, what do you rate this? Man, I would go with a solid mock uh, music mockumentary. I would give it four poppies out of five. Yeah. But but again, (laughs) again, dude, (laughs) the whole time I'm like, "This is so dumb." But like you said, it's so it's really good and it's smart.
0: I feel like it didn't do that well in theaters, but I think that it's kind of developed a cult following. Yeah. Um. What's the next movie we should do? Ooh. Think about that before the. I I just saw Rocket Man. Well, you can't yell one out that you've already seen.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying that last time we talked about it is yeah. like I hadn't watched it yet. So I watched Rocket Man. Do you like it? Um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It was fine. It was fine. But I also watched Straight Outta Compton too. And this good. is all during quarantine. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff to movies to watch.
0: Let me look and find something, and we'll have a month to watch it, and then we'll come back and, and talk about it. All right.
1: Bones, it's funny you said the the Justin Bieber on this because I felt a lot like it was the Jonas Brothers documentary. Because it's three of them, and then, you know, like, Kevin goes to raise his family, and in this case, this guy goes to the farm. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's almost—and then, you know, uh, who is it? Joe and Nick kind of stayed together a little bit. So I saw a lot, a little more similarities to Jonas than I did Bieber. Well, the Bieber
0: documentary was out at that point. Yeah. Like, I think that's what the, the documentary part of it was, ah. like, we're going to— because this was such a wild success. Let's do a pop star documentary. That, so the documentary style was based on the Bieber one, and then it was just boy bands in general. You know yeah. uh, about all the dumb stuff, and he's like, "I stand for gay rights, but I'm not gay. But if I was, it'd be okay." <laughs> and, and that song, but I'm not
1: gay. But I'm not gay. And yeah. he's
0: like, and "If you want to make out yeah, with the dude, that's okay, but I'm not gay."
1: <laughs> I say yeah, later refer- in the movie, he just says, "Like I, you know, I, that, that song was not politically correct." Yeah. He's like, "You know, it you was know, my best
0: song." <laughs> well, my. I, the- I was gonna say he even referenced the Anne Frank thing that. Oh, uh, Justin uh, Bieber. Bieber said that's uh, right. That he, she'd be a believer. Yeah. So. Again, a lot of these nuggets. I forgot about that. He's in the Anne Frank house, and Justin Bieber actually signed. I think he signed the book. I know he said he would be a believer. Yeah. But th- there was an Anne Frank. But then Andy Samberg uses the bathroom in the Anne Frank toilet. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right at the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, watch it. We love it. That's our review of a uh, b- b- pop star. Never stop popping, popping. Was what, what it, it Mike? Never stop stopping. Never stop stopping. <laughs> All right. There you go. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and for me, it's the ones that I I feel like I'm learning, because if I'm listening to something, I'm not reading something, I feel like I'm wasting time. But I did start listening to the Presidential Podcast, uh, and Lillian Cunningham is on, who actually, Lillian, did you create this yourself, this idea for this podcast?
3: I did, yeah. Um, I created it, I produced it, taught myself how to
0: mix sound for it. Yeah. That's great. Listen, I love it. And I am a podcast nerd and obviously a broadcasting nerd. And I, you know, I I fell in love with the idea that every single president had a, and some are not an hour. Uh, You know, there are presidents that uh, popped into office quick and died pretty quick and they get 30 minutes, you know, but I love the fact that I could kind of sit down and learn about what other folks who have studied them actually thought about them. Meaning uh, what they were like as kids, what they were like in office, what they sucked at, what they were good at. And so before I ask you some questions, just know for me, love the podcast. I just, I know it was recorded a couple years ago, but I just got into it and thought it was, uh, for me, such a great listening experience, especially in the time that we're in right now. Uh, thank you so much. That really means so much to me. Is it weird, too, that people are just now discovering it and you had, you had done this a couple years ago?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's really cool, right? That's kind of the dream. And uh, yes, I created it in 2016, the last time we had a presidential election. But um, even then, I mean, I had no idea so many people would go on to listen to it, but I was hoping to create something that was evergreen. You know, that was part of the point was like to cut through just the noise and the headlines of the day and to offer people something it just, like, enriches their understanding of the world around them. Um, so it's cool to see that, you know, it didn't date itself, and it still feels really fresh and
0: valuable to people. Lillian is a Washington Post journalist and a podcaster. And so I just have some stuff. Before we talk into what the new episodes are, because I think a lot of my listeners on this podcast or my radio show aren't going to even know what the old episodes are quite yet. So if, I just want to kind of start from the beginning and ask you some general president questions that you may have picked up some answers during the time. Is that cool? Cool. Yeah, great. Um, when you started this, were you a big president buff? Like, did you have a ton of presidential, <laughs> like, knowledge?
3: Uh, no, that I didn't. Um, That's kind of the funny thing is I think people expect, like, oh, you created this podcast about presidential history. You must have been, like you know, one of those people who's read a biography of every president, um, and I was kind of the opposite. I mean, I'm someone like you, Bobby, like, I'm someone who's just really curious, I love learning new things, Um, but I always kind of felt like I had this gap in my knowledge about presidential history, like, beyond just Lincoln and TR and, like, the presidents who you learn about in school. So, yeah, so for me, doing the podcast was in some ways like a personal quest to fill these gaps in my own knowledge. Um, and hopefully along the way, you know, to be the same for people who are listening to
0: it. Whenever I read Accidental Presidents, I was shocked that bad water was killing presidents. <laughs> I was shocked. I could not believe it. And so Isn't that crazy? talk about that for a second, how the tainted water supply killed a couple of presidents.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is something I had no idea about before I did the podcast. But, you know, there are all these kind of tall tales about why some of the early presidents who died in office died. Like, there's a story about how William Henry Harrison caught pneumonia giving his, um, you know, his speech. And that's what killed him 30 days later. And Zachary Taylor, like, ate a bad cherry. But it turns out that for a lot of these guys... um, the The water supply in the eighteen hundreds to the White House was totally contaminated I mean it's gross it's like there was a sewer behind the white house and anyway um these like current day medical detectives have like gone back through the records and their symptoms and realized like william henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor. Abraham Lincoln's son, like all of all of these deaths, actually were caused by the contaminated water supply.
0: Wild, which is just yeah, just totally sewer. Wild. Just basically, they got killed by bad sewer as they're running our country. Yeah, uh, another I mean, another thing called DC the swamp, but yeah, <laughs> that was wild to me. Was uh, to John Adams right? He's the only founding father that doesn't have a monument. Yeah. And when you think back about, and if I'm right, again, I don't, I didn't write a bunch of stuff down, I'm going from memory. Wasn't he the only founding father that didn't have slaves as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, he was the only, yeah, um, you know, early one of our presidents
0: who didn't. um,
3: Really incredible guy. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I've seen, so the John Adams episode I did focused a lot on, you know, both those great parts about his legacy and, you know, speaking out against slavery. Um, But then also the fact that he doesn't have a huge monument in D.C. like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington do. And it's been fun, like, in the past four years. Tons of people who've listened to the podcast have written to me to say, like, how do we start some sort of effort to get Adams a monument? Um, So I don't know that it'll ever happen. Monuments are, I think we're kind of moving away from monuments these days that, you know, put yeah. individuals up on pedestals. But um, but it is cool that, you know, people are, are paying attention to things like that and thinking about, like, what are the legacies we actually should be celebrating here?
0: When I hear you talk about Thomas Jefferson, again, I had read kind of the... The, the macro version of Thomas Jefferson's story, and he seemed like a fine enough guy. However, when you dig down into Thomas Jefferson, not a guy I would have liked hanging out with. Just does not seem like a good dude.
3: Yeah. I mean, that was, I remember talking to one of the guests on the podcast about that, and I had this question. I'm you know sure you've run into listening to the episodes there. For every president, I ask historians and biographers like what it would be like on a blind date with one of the presidents. Um, and I do it partly to, like, throw the historians off their game a little bit, but also just because I think it gives really interesting insight who these people are. Um, and I remember the person I asked about, Thomas Jefferson, was like, you might go on a first date with him, but you would not go on a second date with him. (laughs) Like, he is just not, he is just not a guy you'd really find you wanted to spend a lot of time around.
0: And all men aren't created equal if you still have slaves, Thomas Jefferson, you know? Yep. I mean, that was... So we know him for saying, yet he still had hundreds of slaves. Um, let's talk about Warren Harding for a second. So, Ooh, yeah. Some crazy scandals. Kind of walk over some of the Warren Harding scandals. That If it happened today, well, I don't know. What's happened today is pretty crazy. Don't get me wrong. But let's say if it happened four <laughs> years ago, the place would have been, went berserk.
3: Yeah, I mean, Warren Harding, 100 um, a, a years ago, yeah, 1920, um, he was elected, and I— I knew nothing about Warren Harding before I did his episode. And I did all of these like week to week in real time. And I remember the Warren Hardin- Harding week approaching and thinking like, Oh my God, what am I going to do about this guy? It turns out like there is so much to cover with him. Um, I'm still hoping I'll get a call to like create a whole Netflix special about him. Cause I think he's just insane. Uh, he well, let's see the highlights. I mean, he died in office under sort of mysterious circumstances. Um, he had this long running affair with a woman who, um, the U S government thought was a spy for Germany. He impregnated a young girl while he was president and she had his child and, um, his that, one of his good friends bought the Hope Diamond, and like tragedy befell like the family and all the friends. Most um, like several of his cabinet secretaries commit suicide in these really like shady ways. So yeah, there it turned out like he uh, he was just like a. A crazy, crazy tale from start to finish.
0: Yeah, how, um, how is there not a series on him? Like that right there is so I compelling. I really
3: don't know. I, I, I would watch that. I would read that book. I would watch that Netflix show. Um, I do think actually parts of Boardwalk Empire, the that show that used to be on, yeah. um, had some had some stuff about like the suicides in his cabinet. But yeah, I mean it's like. It's just a really dark, interesting chapter of American history that, like, none of us learn about in school. You know, we just totally glaze over people like that. Um, but there were tons of stories I came across. Not all as wild as that, but a lot of these presidents we don't learn anything about have really interesting stories.
0: A lot of these guys ha- have daddy issues, either... Dads who died before they were born, or dads who were absent or were alcoholics mm-hmm. what's what's yeah. the, what's the correlation here
3: you know i I mean, I was so struck by that during the podcast because, as you said, I mean, part of these episodes you know were largely about their time in office but but there was a good chunk of every episode that talked about their upbringing, and sort of what led them to the presidency. And so inevitably, I learned about the childhoods of all of these future presidents. And I would say more often than not, they they had some sort of rough childhood, some, you know, difficult upbringing with like a single mother. I mean, the historians I talked to all had sort of different thoughts about it, but A lot of them, you know, in sort of psychoanalyzing it, says, like, they sort of felt a need from a young age to be able to, like, step in and, like, fill up a gap in the family, right? Like, either their father had died, and so they were responsible from a young age um, from being more of, like, an adult in the family than they otherwise would, or they, in some cases with alcoholic fathers, like they learn skills really early on about how to like cope with difficult people and difficult situations. And then also I think, you know, some of it is just like a a desire for a better life or to get out of there, you know, like it bred people with ambition um, and with a sense of wanting to sort of like escape and make something better for themselves
0: you're back with episodes which I was shocked there would be more. I thought, well, we're, we're pretty much out of presidents, but now <laughs> the latest episode is actually the first time one was chosen as a vice presidential pick, which was 1984. So uh, talk about that for a second, and, and what actually inspired you to come back and throw some new episodes up?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a surprise to me too, right? Because the whole premise of the presidential podcast was that I went in order from George Washington – Through present day. My last episode in 2016 was uh, the morning after Trump was elected. I put out an episode. So it felt like, you know, for at least four years, uh, it kind of reached the end of the line (laughs) with the podcast. But I think um, part of what happened, you know, is there are people out there like you who discovered the podcast a year, two years, three years after I made it. And... The point of the podcast was always, you know, to explore history and service of better understanding the present and giving people some context to understand, like, what's precedented and unprecedented and what they're seeing happen around them and happen in the White House. So it felt like even though we couldn't make more episodes about new presidents, that there was still kind of, especially in, in another election year, there was a role, a sort of public service role that I could fill by coming back in and saying, you know, Hey, there are plenty of other stories that relate to presidential history in some way that help illuminate what's happening around us today. And so, yeah, the most recent one was a look back at the 1984 election. The first time a a woman was picked to be the, the vice presidential candidate for a major party, um, And I mean, it's fascinating both, you know, you you appreciate sort of how far we've come and you also appreciate um, how history doesn't really move in straight lines and, you know, doors open and then years and years go by before they they reopen. Um, But Um, yeah, Geraldine Ferraro is a a really interesting story too. And I, I had the chance to talk to Walter Mondale, who was the presidential candidate who uh, chose her, and the former vice presidential candidate. He's 92 years old, and he did wow. a Zoom call with me for the for the podcast to talk about why he picked her, and that's pretty cool. You know what challenges he faced. So yeah, really cool to be able to
0: do that. Well, let me ask you some. We only have a couple minutes left. Some some pretty quick hitter questions, and they may not be that easy to quick hit. But um, let's see what we can do here. This is a big one, though. Why was Abraham Lincoln not a favored president while he was in office?
3: I think that is true for a lot of presidents. I mean, I think I learned that, you know, the really great leaders in our country tend to see beyond their moment and beyond the politics of the president present. Um, So I I think in a way, it's sort of by definition, you know, if he was going to do something to dramatically improve the country and move it forward, kind of goes hand in hand with, um, you know, doing things that in the present moment don't necessarily make you the most popular.
0: The biggest misconception that you learned is not uh, not true about a president. We think something, but it's actually just the opposite.
3: Ooh, geez.
0: Um, because for me, I'll give you a second to think about it. It's a big question yeah. to ask. Is that I just assumed Lincoln was loved. And then, you know, uh, you read really he uh-huh. had to switch vice presidents. You re- I mean, you start to go through all of you know, what was happening uh, within between the first election and second and obviously the Civil War. And you realize that nobody really loved Lincoln at the time because of his, of his ideals. Um, and also what was crazy about Lincoln, too, is that, you know, he and you can uh, check me on this, but he, he was up for free in the slaves, but he wanted to take them and send them back to a place where they would be free, not keep them here. Do you know about that? Or am I completely wrong? Did I did I read a wrong? <laughs> did I read a wrong historian telling me something about that one too? Uh,
3: no, I mean I think there's there's some of that in Lincoln's story. It also that reminds me a little bit of um, Monroe, who anyway, long story. But he he was he was pro sending um, you know slaves in America back to Africa, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, I think, geez, for me, like, the this is a tiny thing. This is not as big as something like Lincoln not being loved in the moment, but I was really surprised to learn that Thomas Jefferson hated public speaking. Because I think in my head, Thomas Jefferson, you know, was one of those larger-than-life figures. who started the country who would have had, like, a ton of confidence. And you know, presence. Um, so I found it really interesting to learn that he was. while he he had a decent ego, um, he did not like being in front of a crowd. He did not like getting up and giving addresses. And I think these days it's a good reminder, like how much the job of the president has changed. Because these days you can't be president without feeling okay speaking in front of crowds. Yeah, right. Even loving speaking in front of crowds, but. It was such a different office back then that you could get away with uh, not wanting to see anyone.
1: <laughs> All right, I had a I'm producer
0: fact. I had a producer fact check me here. Here's here is um, the Abraham Lincoln block. Lincoln desired to return former slaves to Africa or other tropical regions with their consent and the accord of the authorities of the country where they were to be settled. He repeated his support for colonization numerous times, including during the American Civil War. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong with that statement because I would get fried if I was. Um, well, Lillian, I am a, a massive fan of the podcast, and I hope a lot of my listeners – I know a lot of my listeners were going over to it. I was getting tagged and stuff all the time with uh, – especially uh, right now as we get into another election, it's always best to learn about what happened. It helps you at least not be surprised with what happens next. You know, history is a great indicator. So I encourage everyone to check out uh, Presidential. She has some other podcasts too if you like that. I have them here, Constitutional, which explores the Constitution, and Moonrise which is an audio miniseries hosted by Lillian, and it digs into the nuclear arms race of the Cold War and the transformation of American society and politics. i got to admit, I haven't got into that one yet, but I'm such a fan of Presidential, I'm probably going to jump into Constitutional next. So, Lillian, thank you very much.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Bobby. This was really
0: fun. Yeah, great to talk to you, and everybody check out Presidential. Bye, Lillian. Bye, thanks. This festival and concert season will be All about the boots, and Tecova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tecova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecova's has first-wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecova's store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecova's.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Takovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.